I had a death in the family. Oh. You did? His name was George Floyd. That's what it felt like, because I kept wondering why I was having a hard time getting up and why I had this feeling in my throat. And I said, it feels like somebody died. My name is California. My name is Forrest. And my name is Go. And, and this is Here We Sit. This is Here We Sit. Owie. Wow, we're off to a great start, guys. <laughs> I heard that, Owie. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I don't know if it's like this for all black people, but it felt like I was going through, um, like, I, a loss of somebody that wouldn't come back that was gone from my life. And I was wondering if I was a little strange. I didn't have anybody to compare it with. So that's how I was taking it. And I, and I went a long time without looking at the video, but then it was everywhere and I saw it. And then I just felt a lot of grief and I felt the same way I did when I was a little kid when I learned what happened to my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother. I was like five, my dad told me about slavery, and he told me about all of my ancestors were slaves, and he told me about the native ones that just got snatched because they thought they needed to snatch them and, and civilize them and kidnap them. Yeah. And then I went to the grocery store and I saw these white people, and I said, nothing's gonna ever feel okay. And that came up for me when I saw the video last week. Mm. It was powerful. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, I, I cannot watch those videos. I just, for my own sanity, just for the way I am, I literally just cannot watch those videos. But I am an avid Twitterer, a scroller on Twitter. And I remember just being on Twitter and just saying, oh, another black man was, was killed this time. And then just seeing the descriptions of like what happened. And like now looking back to last week when I was first, it was like that. And it was like Tony McDade, who was a trans man that was killed in Texas, to Breonna Taylor and, and Ahmaud Arbery and just us and people saying, okay, you know, these, these two, Ahmaud and Breonna died like a month or two ago. Yeah. And their murderers are still, you know, running, walking, terrorizing freely. Um, I literally just felt like myself turning off mm. and like I'm, I'm noticing that now because in the moment I was just kind of confused. I was like, why? I, I, I feel low. I feel down. I feel like depressed. Like F the world. I don't want it. Like not that I don't want to be here, but just like why is this where I have to exist? Like ancestors, like why is this where you put me? Because this is, this is just not it. <laughs> It's that, it's it's the epidemic and the fact that's impacting people that look like me the most and and then seeing who is supposed to be leading us and them doing everything but that just 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 this huge pile of just just stuff. And it feels like that is just on my back and on my shoulders with every step and then it's like feeling all that weight and then now it's like, okay now but you also have to do something to like fix it. And it's just, I can't even get out of bed. How am I supposed to go outside and protest and do the things? And, mm. and it's, just, it's just been a time to be alive. But you did get out of bed and protest. I did, but that was very challenging. I just am very thankful for those that are holding me up 
because I I was like praying and talking to like my grandma who was an activist and helped what well, was instrumental in integrating the South Bay where I grew up. Um, and so I literally just like channel and look to her. Um, she's, she's passed on. I think I'm just trying to channel that energy because I don't know where that is in me or how it looks like, but I know what she was like and how she is in my life now. And I just try and hold on to that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just hard to talk when you're still just very actively processing or even passively processing and just also just angry at all times. Yeah, me too. Angry. Mm, angry and tired <laughs> of being so angry. Mm. <sighs> it's frustrating to just... <sighs> it feels frustrating to just watch the same cycle repeat and like you know, being a white person, I'm connected to a lot of white people. And all of a sudden, it, it does feel like people are, um, I don't want to say responding more to this in the way that maybe like an activist needs to, but it's almost like I have this experience, at least on my Instagram and like Facebook, that people who weren't talking mm -hmm. about these things before are at least now looking at them. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel a sense of frustration with the white community of like where have you been you know like and i've noticed myself reacting like pretty emotionally i mean like mm. obviously it's like really upsetting i watched the video mm. um and like I, if it's so upsetting to me i can't even imagine what it would be like for a person who's black watching that video and i don't want to you know like I don't wish that upon anybody and I notice myself like I feel like I'm in this like strategic position where I can reach white people they'll listen to me even if they disagree they'll listen um, and I've just been kind of like fueled by this like more so than usual obviously there's this collective energy that I'm like feeling running through me and I'm trying to talk to as many white people as I can about this in a way that's constructive. But so far I've just learned that I need to take some more time to ground in myself because I've actually already like pushed some people away because of how I'm communicating. I'm just so angry, you know? So that's where I'm sitting right now. I feel like almost like drowning in emotions and feeling like I can use my voice to like reach people and then having to force myself to slow down and be like change is a process. I have to like be stable in order to make sense to other people so that they can hear. I want people to be upset. I mean, if you upset people, if you're pushing people away because you're angry, um, I want people to be with me in the sense that this country holds a lot of pain for a lot of people and a lot of people skate by. Um, the cultural majority has the option of skating by while, mm -hmm. you know, everybody else suffers. So I, um, I want people to at least be awake enough to understand that they're in a world filled with pain instead of 
bypassing it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know what people do to not feel pain. You know, supposedly our bodies know, even if we don't know, that they're in a world of pain. I mean, world that is filled with pain of other people if we're all connected. Yeah. I also notice like a lot of my high school friends, um, like from St. Louis, Missouri, where we had like 2000 people in our high school, but like not a single gay person that was out. So it's like that kind of vibe. Mm. A lot of my high school friends are not posting anything or they're just like posting like, this is what I had for lunch today. Quarantine (laughs) food. Seriously. Yeah. And I feel so emotionally reactive to that. Um, yeah, it is easy to live in ignorance. And I imagine like, like if you are numb to the pain or if you're so blind, like willfully blind to the pain that's happening in the world, like what else are you numb to? Are you even alive? Mm. Is pain a requirement for aliveness? In this world, as soon as your eyes are open, you're going to notice their suffering. So... I mean, um, is this Buddhist when you say pain is mandatory, suffering is optional? Is that a Buddhist thing? Like pain is like when you get shot once and suffering is when you keep reliving reliving in samsara. I believe that is Buddhist. That sounds right. Oh. (laughs) So I guess pain is mandatory. Because, you, you know, you come out, the birth come out screaming. This is my favorite quote of yours. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. Literally. <laughs> so, a shirt and a bandana. That's mandatory. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, I think I want to move into, okay, here's how we can take action. But I'm still just trying to process. And it's, it's interesting because... It's like I'm tired and exhausted because it feels like I'm already holding so much. But then I have like this perpetual guilt because I feel like I should be holding more. Don't have guilt. And I mean, I say that all the time to myself. Oh, really? Good. Well, that's well, you're going in the right direction. I actually have a bag of bowling balls in the closet. Would you like to hold it? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. It's just a weird like it's like, well, I should be doing more. I should be doing more. Yeah. And it's just... like how how can I or other people that feel similarly still contribute and I want to say feel like they're helping but maybe that's not the point just you are helping and that's the full stop right there um, because yeah it's I don't want to understate how hard terrible unprecedented these times really are just in the way that it feels like all the worst things are overlapping. <laughs> the perfect At storm, the I called it. Ugh. Yeah, perfect storm. I was thinking that a gift to the world would be for you to take care of yourself. Mm. And um, I posted something on my Facebook wall, you know, something every day, something tries to kill you and failed. Mm. Ooh. So, you know, celebrate that, and it would be a gift to the world if you can heal. You know, maybe one of the steps to healing would be to 
you know, go to a demonstration or try to affect change through your words or some other way. But I believe that if you can hold yourself in a place of compassion, that energy spreads out into the world and that would be a gift for somebody, you know, with your intersectionalities to embrace. Hmm. You know what I've noticed at the protests? Mm. I see our community like so fucking strong and so supportive, like thousands of people in the streets. It's so organized. You have volunteer medics like ready for preventative action to take care of one another. There's people walking around with water bottles. There's people walking around giving out snacks. And even within our own pod, like people are freely sharing resources like mm. goggles and gloves and snacks. Like there is no hoarding. There's just love, mm -hmm. you know? And then the cops come in and they literally incite violence. They, <sighs> what you said, California, uh, about taking care of yourself is the biggest gift because like, if you zoom out, it's like love fighting violence. That's how I see it. Or you could say it's love fighting a lot of things. Mm. But when you're doing well and you're thriving as a black woman in this world, like you are the community and your contribution, your existence is a huge gift. Yeah, and that's dismantling colonialism. If you could just take a nap when you're tired, that's dismantling colonialism. Mm. I think it might be that for a lot of women, not only black women, mm. you know. And I'd like to say thank you for those words and acknowledge that I hear you, but I'm still kind of numb, so it's hard for me to really receive right now. Mm -hmm. um, so I look forward to sitting with what's being shared in this space. Um, and to your point, Forrest, about um, being nourished and and just like hope like receiving hope from seeing the way the community was taking is and was taking care of each other at the protest like a specific example is so a few of us went as you know because you were mission control <laughs> to the break the curfew pro protest on wednesday in oakland and you know, it was really unsettling just because, like, where are the cops? We went to the cops, but look at all these people. This is amazing. Like, all the white people moving to the outside to make to you know just make sure there's like a wall and a barrier between any sort of violence that could come from the the outside and all the people of color. This is beautiful. Um, there were medics there with their the big red crosses on their arms. There were people with um, the orange cones and water ready to to put out any tear gas that may have been coming if they even came. But like we never saw the cops in front of us. There was like a, there was a sniper warning at one point where there were like a snipers on the roof. But besides that, there was no one on the ground. Um, and it reached a point where it was around 11:30 p.m., 12 a.m., and some people were getting kind of antsy and worried just because the numbers had started to kind of die down. And we we're like, okay, we have power in numbers, and our numbers are dwindling. Like, how do we want to reset and reevaluate? And um, with that, we learned from Mission Control, which was like Forrest and a couple of our other friends, that there was something called Open Your Lobby, which was 
businesses in the area that were leaving their doors open to be a sanctuary space within the blocks of where the protests slash demonstration was taking place so people could use the bathroom, find refuge, um, get snacks, get water. And so we went to one of those spaces and it felt like walking in to like Wakanda or like some other your your happy space like it just felt like such a protected grounded and just freeing bubble um separate from how just wiry things were on the outside and it's just so interesting because walking in we're like oh my god like what's gonna happen and coming out we were all like you ready to go for another like three hours you good (laughs) (laughs) and just like the power of that just having people who are so willing to help who on the face you're like "Mm, are you connected do you actually care and people finding again their own ways to contribute right they weren't out there walking but they were still providing like a, a vital 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 resource for so many people there and just that bit about everybody holds a piece of it mm-hmm. and no one's piece looks exactly the same and that is great that's perfect you shouldn't be holding someone else's piece you have your own piece mm-hmm. so carry that and carry it well because um, your system your soul is all calibrated in a way that makes it so that like the place you have in this earth on in this world in this moment is unique to yourself so just learn yourself understand yourself and know what your boundaries are and know how you could just know how you are and just it was just really lovely to be like all right so we sell books but um you also have a bathroom um come and use it you know or we have a huge hallway in much of auditoriums you know if things get kind of you know testy come inside and we can lock our doors they can't come on private property so you are safe mm-hmm. you have a place to go to and just seeing that like just it really really builds the hope so even in you know worry brain that wants to like be depressed or wants to just be pissed off or wants to hide in the corner in my closet like just be seeing that just so directly oppose all of the fear that's in my soul and my heart and is being propagated by the powers that be it just it really is just yeah we got this all power to the people yeah all power to the people always ain't no power like the power of the people because the the power power of the people people don't stop don't. that was my favorite 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 you could feel that energy it came back up too when we were at that demonstration it was wonderful i wanted to say something about the powers that be (laughs) Mm. i was thinking that you know on the surface it seems like the what is that right it's construction i think oh god okay maybe wait wait, pause for three seconds so we can try and take that sound out okay go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well you can take it out i was thinking um in terms of the powers that be being powerful i was thinking that they're just um and and maybe even lower energy in general and the structures and systems they're not i think they're just like things made out of um something very flimsy just picture them as being these huge edifices that look impressive on the outside but really they're just made out of balsa wood or something 
you know, or yeah. And they're just, they just look massive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, there's this stuff that we're innately made of that we may not see because we're like we're made of something really strong, like some light that's really strong and it may be covered up. Mm. And that, the stuff that you saw with the open your lobby, mm. maybe that stuff is closer to it and the closer you get to it, the more powerful it is. Mm. And so it's gonna last, it's gonna have potency, it's gonna reverberate. And the stuff that we're hearing from um, the power that be, or the um, the talking jackass that is. It's nothing because it's just it's just a bunch of swirling noise, you know, and it doesn't have any potency to it because it's just crazy. It's mm. just a bunch of crazy. So it just looks formidable, and even if there is appearance of um, the stuff that they're trying to do to stop this. It just appears that they're, they have a lot of resources to tap your phone and emails. I mean, they can, but like they meant it for evil, but it's just gonna somehow, it's just not gonna work. Hmm. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just think about all the revolutions that have got quashed before, but I think if you come into a situation with a true revolutionary perspective that means that you're going to clean all the crap out that you've been carrying around the relics of um, imperialism and um, colonialism that you have inside if you clean all that stuff out and you say I'm gonna dismantle that stuff there's a different energy that can't be stopped you know so maybe yeah I think so. I think this country was founded on energy that was unhealed. Um, I think that's why we're seeing this. Like people came over from Europe, you know, they weren't the um, they weren't the ruling class. <laughs> they were the people whose um, may have been in debtor's prison, so they had a certain energy. They had people that may have been like in stocks. They may have had. Um, been land serfs living on land where the landowner could go in and say, I have first night rights to the bride. Mm. That means they screw the bride. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that happened in Scotland, I think. And um, so people are coming over with this unhealed energy. Mm. So the first thing they do is act like children who have no home training. And mm. <laughs> they enslave people. And. Um, and and murder people and commit genocide and I'm I I identify as African American but obviously I'm mixed race and I am saying this from a perspective of somebody that needs to um, I know that I you got it. Okay, I, I am saying it from the perspective of somebody who has to heal from a perspective of the blood that flows through my veins. Mm. And I have, you know, culturally, since I'm black, I just kind of 
push it under like if you have some on your plate you don't want to eat you push it under potato salad i've been pushing that <laughs> under the potato salad uh-huh <laughs> and like i know that part of me that is raging against um the the larger culture has to get real and say there's a reason why i came on earth looking obviously like i have um, northern european ancestry you know else i would have just you know so i you know i'm faced with it a lot in my life and it just comes up over and over again so if there's no mistakes then it's obvious that i have to look at healing everything and the energy of anger and the um for the blood that flows through my veins and how it got there which was not which was ugly mm-hmm. so how do you with that understanding how do you reconcile like do you believe in that quote or that statement that says you know i am my ancestors wildest dreams yes i mean like i have to how do i how do i how do you reconcile the mixed feelings you have around like the white ancestors the white ancestors that were wreaking havoc and and raping yeah my african mothers and calling them animals before during and after they raped them how do i reconcile that yeah i have to put it on I don't know if this is part of the Enigma tradition, but I imagine there's an altar that I can put it on because I can't of my, you know, with my own resources and my own thinking and whatever I consider to be cleverness in me, I can't resolve it alone. And um, that's what I do. I know I had this moment a few weeks ago where, this is so unrelated, anyways, um, this is our podcast, so, um, I was, you know, taking care of my plants, you know, we, we don't have any soil here, so I was like, well, here are these pots, here's my window, you know, we'll make this work, and they were just, were not doing well, and I, you get, like, I get, emo- I'm sure most people do, but I was like, I'm, I am emotionally attached to my plants, these are my babies, um, and seeing them hurting or just not being able to thrive like really, really messed me up. And so like this one night, I, this is I think the night I cut off all my hair. I was just sitting with my plants and I was just like, what do you need? <laughs> like, what am I not seeing? Like, what do you need? And I just had this moment where I was sitting and just, like meditating and praying and connecting um, to spirit or whatever you know, you'd like to call that energy. And this, I don't know, like this this wind or wave of, you know, you, the ancestors and the people supporting you don't all look just like you. Um, you know, like I'm dark skinned, I have like nappy hair, a wide set nose, like full lips. Um, but the idea that, you know, I see that I'm like, yes, a strong black woman, like, what's up, what's up, what's up? And then being like, okay, yes, true. But also the ones that are holding you, like, they don't all have hands that look just like yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a very interesting experience, 
because the way the world will perceive you as you walk through it is mm -hmm. very just like one note but then your ancestry is not that mm -hmm. and I, I don't know it just it was just the first time I'd ever I've ever even considered that the fact that oh, it's like oh yeah my grandma was very light-skinned I wonder mm -hmm. how that happened to grandma you know and so um both parents are black but just kind of like understanding like how you know the complexion starts to change to the bloodline and so yeah um well, just something i've been considering um and not facing as much as i might need to but just you know if i am my ancestors wildest dreams i'd like to think that when they passed on either they saw the light or they had to face some very very hard truths and my existence is them seeking forgiveness, um, knowing, if not understanding, the error of a majority of their ways. Um, and yeah, this is a talk I also had with a friend of ours, you know, who is white and has, you know, issues around the whiteness and what it means when she looks back at her ancestry. So yeah, just something to consider for myself and maybe for you as well. I was actually thinking about that conversation, if we're talking about the same person. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that seriously impacted me, because I wasn't, you weren't speaking to me, but mm -hmm. I was listening to what you were telling that person, mm -hmm. and it has really impacted me. I've actually shared that with some of my friends, and it has impacted them, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> what was the conversation? really happened. Do you remember what you said? I'm gonna try and then you can correct me if I'm not saying it correctly um, Basically, they were saying how like I just don't get how you can talk about your ancestors like your Connection and understanding of what it means to be held by your ancestors just is not My understanding when it comes to this universal energy that we some people call God and other people call an oversoul and what have you um, And also like, you know, my ancestors, you know for all intents and purposes, for the most part, like weren't shit. Like they were the ones wreaking havoc. They were the ones colonizing. They were the ones raping. They were the ones pillaging. They were the ones stealing. They were the ones spreading disease. Like how can I sit here and say I am an ally and then pray to my ancestors who I know <laughs> most likely were doing all of that evil in the world? My response, I believe, was well, <laughs> Your existence, that's them saying, ooh, we effed up. Like, you are their reconciliation. Like, you are them trying to do right after do so many years of doing wrong. Like, you are your ancestors' wildest dream. That is them attempting after generations and generations of just iterations of your family and your bloodline, finally getting some things right. So there's nothing wrong with you. If anything, you were curated like you people had to sit down and study the world, study like their actions, study what they had been doing wrong and be like, okay, so this one who was so unlike the rest of us, she's the one doing it right. Mm. So you are not abnormal, you are the correction. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I guess we're on this um, journey of evolution, so. Exactly. So I, I have a lot of questions for the universe because mm. I have a list of complaints. Mm. <laughs> you should share like California's list of complaints, a list of complaints with the universe. That like <laughs> why, like why did all this, you know, why all the horrors, why all the, 
um, pain, why all the suffering, you know. Mm -hmm. um, like, was it necessary? Um, yes, and I haven't got a good answer, but um, it's just, I'm from what you say, perhaps, the answer is that this is just where we are, and we're just, you know, like learning how to walk and falling, and learning how to walk and falling is just, from my human perspective, it's just really ugly. Mm-hmm. It's just really ugly. I mean, real ugly. Real painful, too. And painful. Yeah. And we agreed to come here and do that. Yeah, like if we're all one giant organism, you know, like if every single human is one cell in a body, it's like the body is punching itself in the face right now and like mm -hmm. shooting itself in the leg. Mm -hmm. And then you have those spider fingers. cells, the ones that are like, we will protect you. And there's like a barricade and you're like safe in the middle. And then you can go into this, this safe space for a bathroom break and snacks. Mm -hmm. You mean like um, <laughs> those killer T cells? What's that? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, antibodies or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally maiming itself. Mm-hmm. Or if the earth is one giant organism. Mm. Yeah. We are a system. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess we're the immune system. Which is relevant considering we're also going through a pandemic of both racism and uh, COVID right now. You know what I was thinking about this morning? Mm. I was thinking like, like if every single human was one drop in a lake and how lakes are so calm and like heavy and there's no like each molecule just blends into the next. We're all just like one big, safe, kind of peaceful being. And then you throw a rock on the lake and you see this huge splash and it's disruptive and it catches your attention. because you're like, whoa, look at that big splash over there. But even the splash fades back into the lake with time. And like, even though you're focusing on that splash in the, in the middle of the lake, the edges were still calm the whole time. And I feel like the police right now are just rocks being thrown into the lake. Mm. And we're just trying to, if anything, looking at the splash is like, oh yeah, look at that. That's kind of interesting, huh? What's wrong here? What are we doing wrong? What's happening to our lake? And so I, my hope is that being able to identify the destruction is like opening the door to reintegrate and move forward. Mm. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't the police be part of the lake though too? Yeah, they are part of the lake, you're right. So maybe the system they represent or the forces that they're trying to... Yeah. Maybe the rock is like the illness. Mm -hmm. Or the energy. Yeah. Yeah. The foreign body. Oh, yeah. yeah. The foreign body of this, um, this thought process, this, um, this malignant way of thinking that might be hundreds and thousands of years old. That's the rock. Mm. Yeah. Like maybe, we'll see where this is going to go. Okay. Because <laughs> if you think about a lake, a lake has natural like land barriers, but like, man, no, I really don't like it. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say like, maybe the police are the outer parts of the lake that don't quite feel the rocks and the ripples. Mm. as intensely as those in the center um and you spend enough time on the outer edges you you may start to think oh but i can see the shore i'm good like i'm mm. not like the rest of y'all i got i got this look over here i'm sweet this is great life out here is fantastic 
Like we have anti-rock defense forces, you know, like mm-hmm. we're, we're doing great. And so not understanding that the more rocks that get thrown, the longer the ripples last and the further that, the further that they go. Mm-hmm. And it's like now the ripples are starting to really hit up against them. They're like, what's, 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 what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know? You gonna lose your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should add that video. What the show is dog? You lose your job. Hey. <laughs> just send just email to me and i'll put it on the web page oh gladly we all need a good laugh yeah i love where you took that analogy did it make sense it made so much sense okay because if you throw like... a rock into a lake it does create ripples mm-hmm. but the splash is happening at the center of the lake if you throw a rock into the shallow part it doesn't splash as much there it is there it is <laughs> you got the sand in, under there yeah it's more familiar to you now I need to go look at a lake. <laughs> just sit by a lake and just look at it all day. This is Here We Sit, a project of the Mangalan Research Center for Buddhist Languages and its Mindful Living program. This podcast is host, produced, and edited by members of the 2020 Mindful Living cohort. Here we aim to cultivate a space for ourselves and our listeners to sit with questions and topics without necessarily having the answers. Oh, that was sexy.